Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Third Deck Lounge podcast. Today I'm interviewing Matt Pinardi, who was a 3.8 Weapons 31 back in the 90s and actually runs a page called the Marine Mentoring Network. And that's kind of what we're going to be uh, talking about. And it's just kind of like all things transitioning, man. And Matt, welcome to the show, man. It's a pleasure. Uh, you guys are doing good work here and uh, it's a Absolute pleasure to be on here and reach out to as many people as we can to try to help as many as we can. So, good to go. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. This is pretty cool. Um, And I can't even, like, really imagine what, like, transitioning back during, like, the 90s when technology really wasn't, like, uh, too developed at that point. Like, how you guys all kind of kept in touch and shit, like, and just, like, navigating that. It was harder. So, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I guess, uh, just to give you a little backstory. So my dad was with, uh, one nine, he was with Bravo one nine. Uh, he was in Vietnam at 67 and, uh, 68 and, um, coming out then there was zero help with transitioning. You you were just out to the wolves and you had to figure things out on your own. Um, pretty much that was the same way it was for me. Uh, and, and my experience with my, my brothers. And so um, guys I served with, when we got out there, you know, you had a SEPS brief, so there was no TRS um, and they didn't really tell you much. And um, you just kind of got out and no one kind of told you because my father didn't get help. So no one knew to kind of mentor and help um, me along. So I was just kind of out on the wolves figuring it out on myself. And so for myself, I had done, um, three years of college prior to, and, um, I was, I had gone through the officer program. I was going to be an aviator and I blew my knee out down at Quantico. And then, uh, I came back the following year to go to Quantico, same thing, aviation contract. And uh, I got mono the week before I shipped. So my senior year, I was just like, screw this. I'm just enlisting. And, um, I enlisted, which was the best decision I ever made in my life. Um, went infantry. Um, uh, but when we were getting out, no one kind of gave us a roadmap how to do anything. So um, first thing that I experienced getting out was like, you know, and I think that a lot of you younger guys get this and the further kind of you get um, away from your um, EAS is that uh, just being with your tribe, your people, your your brothers. So when you're in the bricks, um, you're two doors down from your best friends. um, And now your best friends are peppered all over the country. Um, so you're disconnected from them. That's one. And that's, um, today with today's technology, it's very important and very easy to stay connected with your brethren. Uh, but that, that's one thing that's kind of hard. And then the other thing is like, you know, getting back into college and figuring out what I wanted to do with my life, kind of fumbling through it. I'll tell you, um, once you're in the Marines and you have a sense of purpose and you identify everything with mission and what you're doing and you get out and you don't have a mission, I'll tell you, there was nothing more disheartening than being an infantry squad leader and then getting out and while I'm waiting to go to college, working at a sporting goods store like a schlub. And um, it was demoralizing, like, because no one recognized anything I did and I didn't know how to articulate it. And then going through college uh, and being amidst college students um, after coming off active duty, that was a rough adjustment. So fast forward to my son ended up going into the Marine Corps. And as he was going in, uh, he served in 3-6 with you guys. 
And uh, I identified that between me and all the guys that I kept in contact with over the years, we have a lot of information to pass to him. So as far as negotiating, you know, hey, you're going through School of Infantry. This is this is what's good. This is what's bad. Once you get to the fleet, this is what's good. This is what's bad. Um, understanding that um, no one helped us but to sit there and say, hey, you know, your last year in the Marine Corps, you should be doing X, Y, and Z to prep to get out. And so that's when my son got in, I started the Marine Mentoring Network. And that's where I'm both Instagram and Facebook. And basically what it is is a network of Marines that have succeeded in life. And you're paying it forward by helping other guys succeed. So um, on your previous podcast, you spoke to my son. And, you know. Right. Yeah. Cool dude. A lot of guys talk about getting out of the Marine Corps. I'm a grunt. What am I going to do with this? You're going to do a lot with it. But you need people to kind of help you figure that out. Like, there's a lot of good skill sets that you have. So our big thing is, like, say, for example, guys are getting out. You need resume help. We'll help you with a resume. You get out. You say, hey, I want to be a scientist. All right, well, that's cool. A lot of guys think they can't do that. I know a Marja Marine who is an 0331 is a genetic scientist. I can connect you with him. Oh, I want to run a business. I want to work in construction. I know about a dozen guys that served, got out, run their own construction business. I can connect you with them. I want to get into law enforcement or military or, uh, you know, stay in the military, become an aviator. Well, I can connect you with pilots. I can connect you with guys in whatever career field you want, you name it, soup to nuts to help you and talk and pass that stuff along. The importance of the network, we don't raise money. It's nothing about money. It's about time. And the most important thing that I can share with you is experience and time and kind of help you along. And that, that's the, the, the crux of what the network is about. That is so awesome, too, because it's like all this experience. And you've been out since like the 90s and like just all that experience since then. You guys can kind of just pass down and it's like you can really, really set dudes up for success with this. Well, that's that's the whole thing. I think, you know, getting out and as previously discussed, and one of the things we harp on in the mentoring network, like say you're transitioning out. Your last year, you, you have to make or break, and I know that you covered it in, in the past, so things that you have to consider. So when you're getting out, while you're in the Marine Corps, and a lot of guys, when they're getting out, they've got the attitude, i got to get out of here, this sucks, eat the apple, fuck the core, i got to get out of this. Um, my butt, you know, gunny sucks, first sergeant's a pain in the ass, this blows. Well, here's a news flash for everybody. Um, bosses on the outside can suck too, and uh, you got to put up with that anywhere. Um, so when you're in the Marine Corps, you got food, a roof over your head, medical benefits, dental. When you're outside, you don't. So you have to come up with those factors. And so you, you have to come up with a plan. And whether it's you're going to go to school, and we can help guys uh, tap into their GI Bill, plan to go to school. I've written uh, letters of recommendation for guys to get into college, get squared away, uh, use your VA benefits to get a cash stipend while you're at school, which most guys don't realize they can get, and um, maximize the best out of your benefits, you know. And so um, that's one thing that we do, you know, like whether it's resume, helping you get to school, figure out what major works for you, figuring out what career works for you. Some guys just want to get out and they don't realize. Like, so the agency that I particularly work for, we do just veteran hiring. We have not hired a civilian uh since OIF and OEF kicked off. We have really? not. A resume, a resume and a DD-214 uh, have hired the past uh, hires specifically over the 10 years, past 10 years have all been vets. And uh, no college, college not necessary, and guys end up 
making six figures, driving a take-home car, traveling, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and being a federal law enforcement officer. And they don't realize that there are opportunities like that available to them. So we kind of help people figure out, hey, if you want to do this, we can help you do that. And there are opportunities that you have no idea that's there and bring those opportunities to them. Um, and guys just don't realize that that's, you know, that's available to them. Yeah, that's incredible, man. That really is. And you said, um, so so you, before we started recording, you mentioned that uh, you were working with uh, the Homeland Security and you were an officer. And uh, how did you basically, like when you got out, you were rolling out those gates for the last time. Well, what were you thinking? Like what was going through your head? Like where did you really begin? Um, so for me, I just knew I had to finish my last year of college um, because I was a Gulf War era veteran. Uh, and my Massachusetts, that meant I could go to school for my last year via the goose egg and not use GI Bill stuff. Um, so I finished off my degree. And then I was like, what do I do with myself? Um, I happened into law enforcement. I worked in the civilian sector for a little bit, and I hated it. Um, so, you know, a lot of people think that um, why there are a lot of uh, former Marines who become law enforcement or fire or paramedics is because it's the last stop. No, man, because it's culturally, it's the closest thing to what you have. Yeah. Yeah. You can so connect you, with it. You can connect. You have a sense of purpose. You're still serving. Um, so that made a lot of sense to a lot of us. And, um, you know, uh, it's the closest thing you're going to have. It's not the same. So that's why the career transition is the same. So, um, I got my degree, worked in the civilian sector for a little bit, and I'm like, this blows. I didn't, it wasn't for me. Um, and then I just started applying for police jobs. Uh, I got hired as a cop um, in 1999. And then um, when Homeland started, so basically I got hired by Homeland in 2003 and started out of the Baltimore field office. Um, and I started working then. Um, so, uh, I happened into it. I, I found a, a hiring announcement and I just popped into it, but there was no guidance. I had no idea where I was gonna, the best decision. And at that time it wasn't veteran only hiring, um, but my DD 214. So what pe guys don't realize, uh, if you want to get hired in the federal system for any federal job, law enforcement or not, um, if you have an expeditionary medal, combat action ribbon, you get a, your five point veteran. So it means if there is a list, you get five points ahead of everybody else on hiring. That's how that works. Uh, now, if you have any disability whatsoever, you're a 10-point veteran. So I cannot illustrate to guys, when you get out, if you had any injuries that you sustained while you're in, you've got to go for VA benefits, even if you get 5% disability, which could be you know a small amount of cash. You're still recognized as a disabled vet. And if you apply for a federal job in some state or local list, same, you bump to the top of the list. You have, you're, you're a 10 point veteran and, and you, you go to the top of the list. So um, it's extremely important to have that um, and take advantage of those. And, and that's one of the you know, things about the mentoring network. So I, I would tell anybody, if you were injured, you sustain any injuries, you got anything on your medical records, file for it. It's yours. You deserve it. So, and we, we have assets available, plenty of guys who put in VA claims to help um, guys go through that process. That's awesome, dude, because I remember I, t um, I was putting that off for a long time myself because I was just like, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really care for it, as stupid as that sounded. And um, 
my buddy was messaging me one day and asked me if I'd done it. And I said, um, yeah, I'll get to it at some point. I just, you know, I haven't, I haven't done it. He's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Get on that shit. And he was like, uh, he was telling me, he's like, you get back pay from the day you get out for, um, for the disability. And it's not even like, don't even look at it. Like it's, uh, like you're collecting fucking unemployment. Cause it literally on the website, it says disability compensation. It's not even really disability. It's compensation. For all the shit that uh, destroys our bodies over these fucking four, however many years you do. Let, let me explain something. And you're 100% correct. So, look, you served your country. A lot of us, um, and I'm sure that hasn't generationally changed. So, a lot of us, like, I got my big pieces intact. Uh, I didn't get, get it fucked up. Um, I'm fine. I don't need to file. You should. Um, and I was exposed while I was into a lot of chemical stuff. Um, and I didn't think about it at the time, and I had health issues afterwards because of that, including drinking jet fuel that bled into the water supply on the ship what? that I was on. When I was in, was, oh, yeah, yeah. USS Saipan uh, doesn't exist. It's scuttled. I was on a mew, and uh, jet fuel seeped into the water system, and we drank it. Oh, it was my in our water. God. We, we, we got sick as a dog, got IVs pumped into us, the whole nine yards. And everyone's like, I'm fine. Well, you drank jet fuel. There's some lingering effects, right? It's going right. to happen. But just like depleted uranium I inhaled when I was uh, in Kuwait on the border of Iraq after, you know, the highway to hell stuff was all stacked up. I went back in 98 during Operation Southern Watch, and there was stuff just everywhere. We're breathing that shit in. So um, it's just not cool, man. So, yeah, you, you, you rate it. And I'll tell you right now, so for any guys who have any guilt issues about claiming the money you don't know what's going to pop up in your health later on that's a so oh you yeah have no clue yeah. something you're explained to like 10 years down the road is going to hurt you or bother you or pop up and the other thing too which i'd explain um in the federal government just like social security so and i'm not trying this isn't political i'm just stating a fact people come into this country for asylum purposes they get free money they've done nothing they come here and get free money you put your ass on the line to serve this country um and you served and, and, and busted your hump, you deserve money, period. You oh, deserve yeah. whatever rating you get. So um, you need you need to get as much out of your service as you possibly can. And we're here to help with that. So, right. Um, that's, that's and, huge. and another thing, too, like going off of that, um, I was talking to another person who'd been out for uh, about 10 years, and he was telling me, he's like, hey, man, stay in the gym. Do not stop going to the gym. Make sure you're stretching just as much if as you were before, if not, like, even more. And he was telling me, he's like, dude, the shit, like, when I got out, he was like, yeah, I didn't feel too bad. Everything, you know, was still, you know, pretty good. And he's like, 10 years later, dude, you will feel that shit. So, again, dude, like, don't even underestimate this shit because you don't even know, like, long term down the road. Like, if we find out we were exposed to some, like, crazy shit where dudes start getting cancer at the fucking rapid shit like that, dude. It's like, we went through yeah, a lot. And, and I know three, six, you guys have had a lot of guys. Die yeah. Yeah. That... That's, something that, that's something that's uh, environmental for sure. Um, and that you guys got to keep an eye on. Right. So somewhere, somehow guys were exposed to something. It's just something happened. Right. And, yeah. Um, and, and you guys got to got to take care of yourselves. And I cannot agree more. And the other part of transition is, um, so yeah, you get out, you kind of feel a little rudderless, you know, uh, I had a mission. I don't have a mission now. I got to figure that mission out. 
that's A, and we're here to help you figure that mission out, right? Because we have decades of experience, guys who have succeeded in many different sectors of business and government and, and doing a million different things have transitioned out who can help you. Uh, that's A. Uh, but B, you're rudderless. And the other part of it is guys get depressed. And so they turn to, and I'm going to tell you right now, um, alcohol, drugs, uh, bad habits. So stay in the gym, stay relatively fit, stay on top of your game, and it's good for mental health. Um, I used to be affiliated with, it no longer exists. So uh, there used to be an organization called uh, 3rd Battalion, 8th Marines, Veterans of Fallujah, Ramadi. And uh, they were a, a nonprofit organization that helped veterans of 3-8 from both OIF and OEF. And I was affiliated with them uh, because of my mentoring work. So they put me on the board, even though I didn't serve with them in Fallujah and Ramadi. One of my best friends was one of their company commanders. So a guy that I was a Lance Corporal with was skipper for Weapons Company 3-8 when they were in Fallujah and Ramadi. So that was a connection to me and them. And, um, you know, I helped do stuff for fundraisers and stuff like that with them. And we did a lot of really solid work, but they helped a lot of vets who had substance abuse problems, alcohol abuse problems, and we did a lot of good work, but they no longer exist. But um, there's just a lot of resources out there to kind of help guys, and, and you got to stay connected. And that was one of the biggest things that we saw is just guys who you're not with the tribe, you're disconnected, you don't feel like you got a purpose, and guys kind of go on a downhill slope. Um, not good, you know, and, and a lot of that um, because you're not, once again, you're not in – the bricks. You're not in your environment. You're not two doors down. You can't take a ride with guys and go down Myrtle Beach, or you can't have a throw a party at, at, in the barracks or anything like that. You're alone for a lot of us, and and, and you've got to stay connected. And and one of the biggest things that I can tell you is, you're if you sep and you're close to your separation, guys don't realize the true value of your Marine Corps relationships until I guess later down the road. And I will tell you right now my best friends in the world, my brethren, people that I served with. And uh, if right now, if someone said to me, hey, I need you here tomorrow, we're getting on a plane or we're driving somewhere and we're helping somebody out. And we've done that. Um, I've never been closer to anyone else in my life. And um, you don't see it when you get out the gate. You see it a couple of years later and you realize the value of all that. And you really got to stay connected for mental health and um, general purposes. And to stay connected and check on uh, those of you who may not be doing so well. Right, right. And it sounds like, like even even though you were in during the 90s, it sounds like even though all that time has elapsed since then, like you, this, the Marine Corps still had like a really profound effect on you. Um, I will tell you right now, because you don't see it. So a lot of guys, specifically once you're out, you're like, oh, I want nothing to do with the Marine Corps. I'm going to tell you right now, the Marine Corps um, gave me every opportunity changed my life for the better in a, in, in a multitude of ways. It gave me the best friends, best brothers I could ever have in my life. It gave me skill sets that um, have put me ahead of the pack and no matter what I've done. So just to give you an example, before I went to college, when I started college, I started, you know, went to UMass Amherst and I saw a bunch of guys who had prior service and, uh, that I was going to school with. And they were crushing academics, crushing it, crushing it. They had a sense of purpose. They knew that they were, they were doing. I didn't really have a sense of purpose. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in the Marine Corps. I wanted to be an officer at the time. But um, when I got out off active duty and went back to college, I destroyed my academics, destroyed them. Like, you know, Dean's List right off the bat, everything made sense. Why? Because 
wow, I, you know, I had understood project management, right? I understood how to deal with competing priorities. I understood time management. I understood a lot of stuff that was ingrained in me that put me ahead of the pack. And I had discipline. So getting up for an eight o'clock class was no big deal. Uh, I was up at 5 a.m. getting, you know, starting my studies or doing whatever. So it gives you a set of skills that you have that put you ahead of the pack. Um, it changed my life forever. And so I'm forever and grateful. I'm grateful to the Marine Corps. I'm grateful to the Marine Corps family. And I think um, to me, Semper Fidelis isn't a catchphrase. It, it's a way of life. It's, it's our philosophy. You take care of one another. And that's what you're supposed to do, whether you're in uniform or not in uniform, it's a lifelong thing. And that's what makes us different. And I will tell you right now, every year, typically, uh, I haven't for the past two years because of work, uh, we go to the Marine Corps birthday celebration in Philadelphia and uh, at Cookie's Tavern in South Philly. And you'll see thousands of cats from every different, you know, from Korea through guys still serving today, uh, all under one roof. Who, who else does that? Who else celebrates your heritage uh, your background than us. We're tied to it. And and when I you go to the Marine Museum, I don't know if you've been, but I invite everybody to go to there because you're tied to every Marine past, present, and future by, by that. We're all tied by our history, our culture, and who we are. And it kind of stays with you till the, till the day you die. I'm a firm believer that, that EGA is a place on you, whether you like it or not, uh, for the rest of your life. And it made fast changes and mostly positive changes and sometimes just don't right yeah and i'm so glad you mentioned all of that i want to like talk about all that and that so myself being in college i noticed that is that a lot of these kids fucking they'll slack the fuck off real fucking fast like um i, I constantly hear about like uh how like oh yeah i don't wake up for any of my morning classes or i don't fucking go to this class or that class like no dude keep that same standard you had in the marine corps i literally found myself like my first day at class and this was you know fucking i showed up like 15 minutes fucking early and i thought i was fucking crazy and i was in the wrong fucking spot because nobody showed up till they were like exactly like on time and i was like dude what the fuck and um but yeah it's so so important to keep that standard because like a lot of dudes just like you said will just sit there and start smoking and partying non-stop and fucking it's you know it's shitty dude like the marine corps really does give you that solid discipline and you know it's completely on you to like keep at it keep doing it to keep fucking you know, being responsible, being on time, being fucking ready, um, all that is fucking important, dude, and with the birthday thing, dude, you gotta fucking, um, we gotta get some details on that and get dudes going to that, that's fucking sick, I didn't even, I never even knew there was a fucking birthday thing going oh, out. So all you gotta do is look up, it's on Facebook, I don't know if they got an Instagram presence, uh, you can look it online, Cookies Tavern, South Philly, uh, basically, it's a bar started by a Vietnam Marine, rest his, five rest his soul, Daddy Wag, called uh, Sergeant Wagner. And um, he opened this little shithole bar in South Philly and then opened the, he started a Marine Corps celebration with just a couple kegs. Now it's turned into beer trucks, color guard, chow tent, um, and you get thousands and thousands of guys hanging out for this. It's an all-day event, um, whether you pay the 30 or 40 bucks to drink unlimited beer or bring your own 
you're going to it's you're you're amongst brothers, active duty officer enlisted to guys who've served in every time, climb, and place, and you're interconnected, and it's a great time. Absolutely yeah, one dude. of the best, best celebrations ever. That sounds fucking awesome, actually. That actually sounds like it's probably, like, a lot of fucking fun, because then you're just sitting there fucking drinking and shit with dudes that were in Korea or Vietnam or fucking Gulf War, wherever the fuck, dude. That'd be sick. That's, like, so much history and just all brought together. It, it, it is. It, it's a good time. It's special. But just touching on some of the things you said. So something you, you mentioned, little things that make you succeed um, that where others don't. Like, so the simple stuff, 15 minutes prior to formation. Oh, okay. I'm going to, every time I show up somewhere for the rest of my life, honestly, just like you showing up 15 minutes class prior, I'm everywhere 15 minutes early, right? And that sets you up for success. No matter where you're at, you're there early and you take that extra time. And that's something that sets you apart. Um, I know on the previous podcast, Simple stuff that we're taught, right? So I know that my son brought up JJ did tie buckle. All that stuff, you know, judgment, justice, discipline, initiative, decisiveness, bearing, unselfish, selfishness, courage, knowledge, loyalty, and enthusiasm. Those skill sets that you were taught, if you apply those to life or just try to apply them professionally or educationally, they will set you apart. And if you, when we talk about, you know, resume building, I know that came up previously, but translate that. Translate the stuff that you've done. So, for example, if you're a fire team leader, we, this, we help guys with resumes, right? Well, I was nothing. Yeah, you were a lot. You were a fire team leader, a squad leader. No matter what you were, you can sit there and go, well, even if you're just, even if you were just a, a terminal lance who wasn't a team leader or anything like that, you can just sit there and say, well, you know, I had to deal with competing priorities and, um, you know, uh, constantly evolving and shifting uh, goals under, you know, extreme circumstances and um, met those goals according to schedule and blah, blah, blah. You, you, you can translate this. You can wordsmith a lot of that. Uh, I know it came up, you know, you, you went on deployment. You did a UDP or something. I know 361 on a UDP and you went to Asia and you, you dealt with, South Korean uh, Marines, or you dealt with, you know, uh, Thai or Filipino. Well, you dealt with language barriers and you broke, despite language barriers, taught and educated people on systems and techniques and tactics. Like you can break this down where people are like, whoa, holy cow. Wow. You did that. Or you're in charge of high dollar equipment. Well, talk about that high dollar equipment and, and you don't have to break it down and be, like, they don't care that it was, uh, I wear, you know, MVGs and an M27 and, an, you know, go down the list or whatever you've had. But you can sit there and say, yeah, had so much come up with a monetary value for what you have. Or I was, you know, a team leader in charge. I supervised four individuals, their equipment valuing this much, uh, responsible for their health, welfare, uh, you know, education, training. You can break it down and people will, that will set you apart from your peers who someone just out of college with no experience and people are going to like, wow, you've traveled the world and you've dealt with people with, you know, you've dealt with language barriers, but still met goals and, 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 you know, discuss these competing priorities and just say, yeah, it's constantly evolving, constantly evolving and changing, you know, priorities and goals, but we have to meet it in a constantly evolving and changing, you know, environment and go into why and how, but that sets you apart from anybody else. Cause I'm telling you guys aren't like, uh, you know, 
there was nothing. There's plenty. You just got to know how to sell yourself. And, and we're here to help you sell yourself. Right. Dudes need to not be afraid to gas themselves the fuck up, dude. Like, it's so important, too, because dudes will, like, or guys will underestimate themselves and be like, oh, I was just a grunt. Dude, no. Fuck no. You did so much during that time that is so um, incredibly, like, it's just, like, honestly kind of impressive. And then when you put that all into a, into a resume and you write it out in an intelligent, articulate way, you can really make yourself sound like, like you're real fucking hot shit. Absolutely. Uh, we're here to help, but you got to put the legwork in yourself. And so one of the most important things with transition is no one's going to give it to you. So you got to write a resume. We'll help you write a resume, but you got to write it. So one of the things that I've encountered with the mentoring network is a lot of guys, like, put in the effort. If you're getting out and you know you're getting out, you got to make a decision. Do I get out or do I extend? And sometimes saying, I'm going to extend is a bet. Well, what do you got on the other side? Like, nothing makes me more angry. So let's just say before you went in the Marine Corps, and I know that this was brought up in the previous broadcast because my son delivered pizzas when he was in high school. Right? So if you delivered pizzas before you went to Marine Corps and you're delivering pizzas after, or you did what I did was working in a sporting goods store, have, dealing with the public, having them treat you like a tool, yeah, um, you didn't do something right. You didn't maximize the use of your service and got get the most out of it. So um, make sure you got somewhere to land and you're maximizing everything that you have experienced and done and have coming to you. Because if you went out and you didn't gain anything, you didn't succeed. What was the, the value of your four years of service? You gave service to your country, get something out of it, make something out of it, and utilize it to put you in the best position for success. And whatever that success may be. Like I'll give, like here's an example. One of the guys I served with, he was a 51, uh, 51. Um, no, 52. Sorry, he's a tow gunner. Tow gunner. And he got out. No one helped him. Uh, he lives in the Florida area. Started, got involved in a tiling business. Then he started his own tiling business. One thing led to another. His tiling business was a success. He got in the trades. Um, started working with a crew. Started tiling high-end homes, um, mansions, whatever. So now this guy, many years down the road, he's got an RV, a yacht, a mansion, 12 cars, an AC Cobra, motorcycles, whatever, self-built, right? But he succeeded. There's a will, there's a way. And he's an asset that I could say, hey, you want to know about this business? You want to know how I can connect you with someone who succeeded on his own out the gate? Same with guys I know who started their own construction business. I know a guy who, you know, he's in the Jacksonville area, served with me. Uh, he, he was a 51 and uh, started a barbershop. Then it turned to two barbershops, then three barbershops, then four barbershops. Um, sky's the limit. It's on you. But if you sit there and say, I can't do it, I can connect you with people who show you, yes, you can. Absolutely, you can. Yeah. So, uh, if you sit there and sit there and go, oh, I can't succeed. I don't know what you you, you, you got to take some responsibility. You got to take some action. You got to you got to drive that train yourself. Um, the other thing I was recently down at the Camp Lejeune area. Um, last month, and uh, I was in Kinetic Nutrition, which is out in Seeds Ferry, run by a bomb tech, really good uh, nutrition shop. They got a good coffee shop on the inside. So I was talking to one of the employees inside, and she just recently got out as a sergeant. She started telling me her story, 
And, um, and short. And she was talking about once she made the determination to get out and that she was a good Marine, 300 PFT, the whole nine yards, um, the command wanted nothing to do with her and no one helped her. And it's the truth. Like one of the problems with the Marine Corps, I love the Marine Corps, but unless you have a specific staff NCO or officer who is geared to helping you transition out, the Marine Corps' mission is the next mission. So understand that. So once you are, are non-deployable or you're on your way out the door, they're focusing on the next deployment and the next mission and gearing up for that. So basically, you might get a little help from them, but the rest is on you. You've got to drive that train, right? Because they're, they're moving on to the next goal set. So you have to pick up, pick yourself up by your boots and figure shit out. And, and that's why we're, we're an asset to help you do that. But your last year in a Marine Corps, whether you go skill bridge or you figure out, I want to apply to college, or guys like, I want to be a cop, firefighter, train conductor, I don't give a shit what you want to be. What's your plan? Have you looked into it? Have you looked into career fields at work? If you're going to school, what are you going to school for? Do you know that if you're going to school, there's a job on the ass end of that? Are you going to pick a major that's good for you? Or are you going to pick classes that are good? We can kind of help you with all that you know, market research, all that other stuff, stuff you haven't thought about, you know, but, and it's only through our years of experience that we can sit there and you can message us and say, Hey, I'd like to connect because this is what I'm looking at. And yeah, we'll help you do that. And for those who are out and having a plan that, well, if you, you know, we can help you figure shit out afterwards, but if you're still in and you're on your way out, you've got to start the planning process your last year in and perish, perish the thought. But if you're not ready to leap, um, Sometimes staying in, at least for another year, figuring shit out might be the best bet until you can figure yourself out. You know, and I'm not an, I'm not an advocate. I'm not a recruiter. But sometimes it's your best bet so you can find the right landing place, you know. So um, you just got to figure your options. I always tell guys, you got to put stuff on a spreadsheet, positives and negatives. If I do this, what am I getting out of it? What's, what's good? What's bad? What's indifferent? And start doing the work. And I'm not telling you your last year, you can't party with your boys, do stuff, any of that. No, but you have to take this shit seriously because there is nothing more, um, man, depressing than getting out and, and, and finding out that I'm living in my parents' basement or I'm back in the room that I grew up in and I've got no purpose, no goal. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was just in a hurry to get out and grow my hair and grow a beard. And, and what do you got? You know, right. so... Yeah, yeah, and that planning is so, so important. Like, that can really make or break your transition. I know some dudes that, like, your son got out, already had a job lined up, literally got out, and first day he's, he's on a, on shift, you know, already getting paid. And that's, like, really, really good, and a lot more dudes need to be um, planning for that. Some people will make, like, uh, you know, solid plans, and then other people will just be like, fuck it, man, I have a couple hundred bucks, I'm gonna go home and chill out for a little bit, and, you know, figure it out from there, and that's such a dumb, dumb way to do that. Um, yeah, this literally, like, planning is so important, same with saving up the money. Like, I remember my last couple months, I was literally sitting there, like, getting real serious about it, because I knew those paychecks and the health insurance was gonna stop. And that's when things were gonna get real, real. Things were gonna get very real, very quickly. And um, you know, that's when I started asking around. I was like, "Hey, how the fuck do I apply for college?" You know, and fucking, you know, my friends thankfully helped me. But 
you know, shit like that, like having a page where you can just DM a dude that has like decades of experience. That shit's that shit's awesome. Well, the best part of it is is networking, right? So if I don't have the answer, I'm going to get you to somebody that does. And the reason they give a shit is because we're all Marines and they care and they care care about that connection. They can air, they care about taking care of that family. And it's just, you know, it could be I'm going to give you 20 minutes of my time and help you figure shit out. Or I'm going to spend a couple hours or whatever, whatever it takes to get that done. But it's the time that matters. And, and I'll tell you, you know, um, the one big thing in networking. So say, for example, I know my son had a discussion with you and I hopefully he connected with you with who you, with the contacts that I passed along, but everything's networking. So for example, um, you know, your interest is, you know, computer and cyber. And so, you know, but say if that's your interest, well, I know a billion guys who work in the cyber field and the government. Um, and some of them only hire veterans. Some of these guys are on, some of these guys are veterans and they're a hiring authority and you could get your college and, or go through SkillBridge and get the cyber certification, come out and end up being a gun toting law enforcement officer for the home for Homeland security or department of justice and work cyber. You know, we, we, that it's a connecting the dots, connecting you with people who are willing to help or connecting you with programs that you have no idea that existed. Um, that could put you in job placement to a career that you never dreamed you could do. Right. So, yeah. Um, and I'm, I talked to someone a very long time ago about, uh, about, uh, it was when I was doing the whole mentoring thing on the, on my page. I don't know if your son ever mentioned that to you, but, uh, I basically collected up like all these dudes that were like, uh, they were from whatever specific state. And then I put them all into a highlight on the page where dudes could go through that story. They could find a dude that was in their state and like kind of hit them up and just, you know, as a mentor, ask them like, okay, how did you get health insurance? How did you, you know, where did you look for a job? You know, shit like that. Just like so that you can better plan and prepare. Um, so that shit, that's awesome, man. And fucking cybersecurity. I'm telling you guys, and that that same guy, uh, so he swipes up, and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, man, I'm doing this and this in cybersecurity, and I was like, dude, that is exactly what I want to do when I get out, like, tell me everything, and um, I'm, pro I'm gonna reach out to him and actually get him on the show and do a whole episode about cybersecurity, because that, that career field is a powder keg of opportunity, like, if you're somebody that wants to sit there and make six figures, go into cybersecurity. I, I can't fucking preach about cybersecurity enough. It is such an undermanned field that um, that your skills, regardless of what they are, are worth so much more. It's all uh, just it's great yeah, shit. It's, it, it's, a, it's a hot button issue. Um, so, Gilbridge has a cybersecurity certification, or use your GI Bill to go to school for cybersecurity. Uh, whether you go into the government sector back into the military, work for the Department of Justice, HSI, uh, which is Homeland Security Investigations, us, uh, FBI. Um, there's also something called CISA, and I cannot remember what the acronym is for, but it's basically all cyber stuff uh, in Homeland. There's a million different things. Secret Service has their own branch. Um, the civilian world, it's huge because foreign actors, peer adversaries, um, criminal entities, um, 
use cyber to either defraud people, agencies, government, or it's the cyber attack as an adversarial method to attack our government and and our modes of infrastructure, right? So recently, we remember um, the fuel issue that happened um, not too long ago, which shut down fuel up and down the eastern seaboard, right? That was a cyber attack that attacked a a piece of infrastructure in our in our government and our country that affected many other sectors. And that was a cyber attack. So it's huge. If you have an interest in that, you feel you have the aptitude for that, I can connect you with people who work it, um, who were veterans, um, who served in OIF, OEF, who didn't serve in combat, but they have the background, the experience, and that's their that's their wheelhouse. That's where they work. And that is a growing industry, growing field that is going to have far-reaching implications for decades. So something to definitely get in on. Yeah. And don't, um, don't underestimate yourselves either. This dude that I'm going to reach out to and get him on the show, he, he never thought anything of cybersecurity. He just heard a fucking, I don't know if it was an ad or something or how exactly he got into it, but he ended up doing it. And like a year later, he was telling me, um, once he did, was in those competitions and like getting his certs and shit, and he was he was sitting there uh, telling me about it. He's like reflecting back on it. Like I never thought I would ever be able to do that much stuff with a computer, and so it's like, dude, this shit really. It's like it's not as hard as you think. Too, I mean, yeah, it depends what you go into, but um, and obviously you got to apply and like learn, but it's not impossible. There's nothing that's impossible, and you can't. Once again, you talked about underselling yourself. You can't do that. And it may take a little work on your effort. But And the other part of it is for those of you going to college, you're getting out, you're transitioning, going to college. Um, we're here to help you figure that out. So for those who don't understand, college is a business, right? So um, if you go and take a class or get a major, you you might – go into a major that has no application in the outside world where you can make any real money on, and no one's going to tell you that, right? So if, say, for example, my brothers, they took chemistry. They were chemistry majors. They thought they were going to come out and, and figure shit out and uh, do mad chemist stuff. No one told them, you're not even going to make any money in this field unless you have a graduate's degree. They get out in the chemistry field, and they're like, holy shit, I'm making nothing, and I'm being treated like a boob after I busted my ass for four years. Um, long story short, they end up self-certifying themselves in Microsoft and Cisco and became network engineers. Um, and their college degree meant nothing to them. I've known people who've gone to school for anthropology. Well, you can't do anything with anthropology. And then, but they have to keep that class full. It's a business. So they're not going to tell you, Hey, there's no career in this. They're not going to tell you that they're just going to let you go through anthropology. So you have to have, if you're going to go to school, go for something that's going to mean something to you and help you meet your goals and understanding the job market and what's out there and what's viable. And through experience, we can help you do that. So um, because your your counselors in college aren't going to tell you that. They aren't. Yeah. They're and even gonna... like um, with, say, like like how your brothers did it, you don't even need to get need to have um, a degree it helps and it definitely will help you get better pay for further down the road but you can just get certs and shit and go into this and start making like good money and then like eventually uh a majority of companies will actually start paying for your schooling to send you to get more certs or to send you to get that degree like if, if you like 
um i i i can't fucking preach enough about about that field yep that field if um you have an aptitude for it uh and, and to work in the it field as a whole uh if you're you just get microsoft certified um that's huge and then that will get your foot in the door and you can start working and making really decent money. And once again, if I'm not mistaken, that is one of the skill bridge paths um, that I can't say enough about the value of that program um, to put you in a position to get out and have a career once you exit the military and still have your GI Bill in your pocket. Okay, So it's absolutely huge. If you're still in and you still have time, put in the time and put in for that. Yeah, and... Um... If you are somebody sitting there trying to get into like stuff with computers, dude, and you're looking like, you're looking for where do I even start, dude? YouTube, YouTube, fucking whatever subject, whatever career, whatever career field you're looking for, like hear those stories from people that have already like made it into it and are successful. Listening to those stories and how those dudes uh, did it. That insight is so, so valuable to you on how to prepare and how to, like, plan out, like, what you're going to do. Nope, 100%. The other thing that I would also tell people, um, a lot of guys are in a hurry to, once they get off active duty, I want to move home. Well, are there jobs home? Are careers that you're interested in at home? Or might you have to geographically relocate somewhere to start a career and then kind of move home once you're established? So you you got to look. So I guess the long-term thing for me that I would main piece of advice is I would give people is sometimes things have a, a, a you get some kind of a quick um, fix. Um, like this makes me happy immediately, but long-term it's not going to make me happy. It's got no long-term legs or implication. You have to think longer down the road. And one of the things that I would tell people in your planning process, um, have five-year goals. Five-year goals. In five years, where do I want to be? What do I want to do? How do I want to do it? Don't go by the seat of your pants. And and um, you got to kind of plan, man. And and sometimes, you know, and the thing of it is, um, while you're in, you're not planning because everything's kind of, kind of laid out for you. You've got the skill set, but you don't realize you, everything's kind of laid out for you. You're told where to go, where to be. Here's the mission. This is how we do some planning for the mission, but this is, this is how it's going to be. And on the outside, you're planning your mission. So you have to take the bull by the bull by the balls and do it yourself. Um, we're here to help you with that, but you have to take that effort and you got to plan. Um, if you go with the wind and um, it's not the best bet, man, you know, so um, planning is, absolutely important um and long term and i've seen success stories and i've seen failure stories but i'll tell you right now there was nothing more demoralizing because no one helped me and my i mean one of my best friends he, he he's a new york firefighter he's medically retired now he got in a bad accident in the bronx but um best job he ever had he loved it uh, but prior to that he was driving a water truck when he got off active duty he was he hated life another guy uh you know same thing, uh, a delivery truck and doing all these menial jobs after you did something so important with a purpose. So set yourself up with a purpose on the way. And no one told us that. No one told me, hey, a dipshit, start applying back to school like six, seven months out, start figuring shit. No one, no one did. So I, I got out, ate up three to four months in my application on the ass. I could have been ahead of the game or so just get ahead of the game. Right, Don't waste yeah. your time. and just like we've been hammering um, the entire time throughout this podcast, you gotta take it upon yourself. No one's gonna do it for you. 
Like, you have to, have to, have to fucking get up and get things going yourself because no one's going to do it for you. And especially when you get out, dude, you're going to notice that fucking people out in the civilian world, like, when they care, they care, but when they don't, they really don't fucking care. And that's a majority of the times that they just, they won't fucking care. So it's really important to be able to, like, take care of yourself and, like, keep those connections with your fucking boys. You have to be an advocate for yourself and, and, and drive. It really is. You can't be lazy. You can't be lethargic. You have to uh, apply yourself with uh, the initiative, which you were imbued with, and just take it and say, hey, I got to move on this. And, uh, you know, and once again, it, it doesn't mean that you, you can't go out and, and enjoy yourself and get out and enjoy what life has in the civilian world. 100% do that, but just realize, you know, there's, and I always tell people this, you're all under 30. You get out, you're under 30. Most of you do your time in service. You get started at 18 or 17, you're out at 21, 22, 23. You've got a lot of space to work. Do you really, you know, the, 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 the advantage and position that you're in. So people are like, ah, oh, four years. Those four years are valuable. But you, you have a lot of work to do before you're 30. Like, get yourself established. And then, you know what? If, if you get out and you say, hey, I want to travel and try this, or I want to try a job here or a career here, take, take, take the leap and go, man. Get it, you know, for those of you who have families on your way out the Marine Corps, it's a little different from the guys who have no family. If you've got no family, you've got an adventure. You can geographically relocate. You can do different things. You, you can try different things. You can experiment with life because you're only responsible for yourself. So, um Take it, go before you settle down, before you determine. And for those who haven't, you have a little bit more of an impetus to start pay for bills and find health and do all that other stuff. These are all important things. But um, if you're single and you have the ability to have some adventures and do some stuff and check some stuff out and move to different places and, 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 and leap and go for it, I advise you to do it before you settle down. Yeah. Get yourself a figure yourself out and, and get it done before you determine to settle down and have a family right yeah that's that's another thing too is dudes will like uh they'll get out and this isn't necessarily a bad thing but they'll get out and they'll focus like immediately get a job immediately going into shit and that's not bad at all but like at the same time it's like dude we're still so super young like travel like because for the first time it's like not even you're gonna be traveling with the marine corps or like you're going home on leave. It's it's you can fucking just go. You can just do whatever the fuck you want, and that's fucking awesome. Like like I, me and my boys, when we got out, we all went up to Charlotte and got an Airbnb and just had like an awesome ass time. As you should, right? As you should. Um, and you know what? And sometimes, and once again, in your travels, you're going to come across something that might right be opportunities. The more that you get yourself out. So one thing I can tell you, and that's the big thing, like mentoring and networking, networking, talking to people, like staying tied to your community, seeing what events are out there, what's going on. And I cannot even tell you to, you know, I know vets who are tied with Team Rubicon or other things, you know, or they go to vet only CrossFit gyms or they do some other stay connected, man, because you don't know some guy that you're working out with at a vet only CrossFit gym or some other thing or somewhere else might see your unit hoodie they you take your three six hoodie and you still have it and you're wearing it to the gym and someone like hey and then the conversation starts the next thing you know there's an opportunity or they know somebody who can help you or whatever 
networking is huge, but you got to get out. And if you're sitting, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing worse than guys that sit at home and they're like, I'm going to smoke weed. I'm going to sit on his couch. I'm going to do and Don't do that to yourself. Get out. Stay connected. Stay networked. Stay fit. Do you know all the things that you did while you were in the you don't have to stay at that level of intensity, but it just sets you up for success. And um, I can't illustrate enough. You know, if you have a question about you know GI Bill, VA benefits, putting out a resume, different careers, anything that falls under the sun, anything in the transitional world, we can help you and figure stuff out. And uh, and it's only that we can talk through experience, right? So it's not we're not talking out our ass. We've done it. We've lived it. We've succeeded. Um, I've had a very successful career in federal law enforcement, and um, I've had experiences and been part of historical things that I never dreamt of, right? So, you know, I was part of the Boston Marathon manhunt. I was part of the Boston Marathon trial, uh, part of the Whitey Bulger trial. You know, I supported Hurricane Katrina. I went to, you know, Hurricane Maria. It's operations down there. I've traveled a lot. I've done a lot of stuff. You know, we've um, experienced that I never would have dreamt of um, and working with guys and doing things I never thought possible when I got out of the Marine Corps. You yeah. know? So, and and I, that's, that's I, going incredible. And I can share, you know, once again, uh, my shift, my guys, my team, uh, right now, Uh, 70, 70% of them are veterans. So that were oh, hired shit. because they're, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's all incredible. And like going back to what you were saying about like, like just going to like maybe a vet gym or something that having those connections is so huge, not just for like the networking aspect of it, but, um, a lot of times I'll hear that dudes are just like sitting at home. Like they don't have anything that they really, they kind of go to work and then they come home and that's how you get sucked into that. Like whole dude, don't sit there and let your like social life kind of just, um, get put into a box. that's like getting put into an attic. Don't, don't do that, dude. Go and like meet people. Like if you're at the gym, for example, dude, like fucking, and you see some dude with a fucking Marine Corps tat, and fucking you both know that each other were in, dude. Like, as soon as you you meet somebody like that, and then you fucking start talking, dude, it doesn't matter if you're in a different MOS or a different unit. There's that instant, like, friendship, and I see it every single time I meet another vet. There's no, there's always that, like, instant friendship. And, dude, like, even, like, when I was talking to somebody for the first time, he's like, how you been doing since you get out? And you got out, man. And I was like, dude, I was like, dude that's fucking awesome. He just asked me that. Like, I'm like, I don't even know this guy, but we were both Marines, and we give a shit about each other now. Like, that's fucking awesome. And then just going out and being, like, I remember um, when I got out, and I was fortunate enough, I had some people that used to be in my company that were in the same state as me. And, um, now like I hang out with them every weekend. Like I got lucky and you know, they, they found other vets that were from like different units, but like same MOSs at time, but they, you know, they built like this little tribe. So when I got out, I instantly, you know, and I, I connected with these guys and I realized they were in the same area. We all, you know, we had a tribe and that's fucking important, dude. Cause like 
being around normal people, like, as soon as you get out, like, that's eventually gonna fucking burn you out. And the same if, like, you're going to college and you're in a dorm and you're around these kids that are all 18 or 19. And, you know, there's nothing bad. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not their fault, you know. It's just that's where they're at in life. But you are so much further than that. Like, you've come so much farther since uh, that age. So it gets hard to fucking connect with them. It, it is hard to connect because people don't understand who we are. They don't understand. First of all, let me just say this. Understanding the Marine Corps culture and what Marines are um, is difficult for people who have no idea. And and so then now you're a Marine grunt, so you're in the infantry. Uh, we have a sense of humor, a way of communicating that people clearly don't understand. Um, and I'll tell you what, the other thing that irks me and you know and i don't get it with my coworkers, you know uh guys that i work with but in the civilian world you hear people whine and complain and moan and i can't i can't i can't wrap my mind it's around always that. about the dumbest shit too and it's like i'm sitting yeah. there yeah and i'm sitting there i'm like dude you really don't see the problem or you don't really you really don't see the solution to your problem bro like it's just dumb at times the shit that i hear uh that's and it drives you ape shit and so that's why you do need to stay connected with your tribe. It's important. And by that, I mean, it doesn't have to be another parish the side, grunt Marine. So, for example, uh, I went to GNC downtown Boston like a month ago, month and change. I don't know. And there was a kid behind a counter. And I'm in uniform, but short sleeves, so you can see my ink. I'm inked. And uh, he's got ink, shitloads of ink, but not like civilian ink. Definitely he's been places and done things so he looks at me and he goes uh <laughs> he goes you were you, you in the infantry somewhere and i was like yeah man the marines and he was like oh, i was in the army he was in afghanistan and we started shooting the shit we connected and long story short one little conversation and this guy runs a project called project refit and i'm going to be on their podcast at some time in the near future about what we're talking about and they do the exact same stuff that we do and it's connecting veterans and helping them transition. And so by that, just by one conversation, me buying pre-workout at GNC, um, I have a conversation with this guy. I made a connection grunt versus grunt, grunt to grunt from two different branches of service, but we're all moving the ball forward, the chains forward to help guys in a positive fashion. And so my point is, and that's great because that's our community. These are our people. Even though they're our Army brothers, not our Marine Corps brothers, but doing the same shit and as long as you help the ball forward and, and and help guys succeed that's all that really matters and i'll tell you and and it's getting outside your shell if you sit inside your shell and i'll tell you right now civilians the average civilians when you listen to them talk they drive me crazy because for the rest of my life i'm wired as a marine i can't stand i can't stand weak ass shit don't be weak don't cry to me um, don't talk to me about hardship because I'm going to tell you right now, one of the things that the ties that binds us, whether you're in combat or not, you suffered hardship, um, whether it's going on a, on a hump, sleeping in the fucking rain, being hungry, being tired, um, just you suffered a lot of shit with these guys and you connect with them on a level. So you understand real suffering or real pain that civilians don't. And so when they whine about some of the simplest shit, it sets you off. And it's something that will stick with you for the rest of your life. It gets no better. You know, so <laughs> now not to shit on civilians. I'm a civilian now, and I have to live with it. But you have to be, you have to stay rooted in your community. 
because it keeps you grounded. Because those are the guys, ultimately, I'm telling you right now, 20, 30 years down the line, they're the guys who still share your same sense of humor. They, they know you better than anybody on this planet. And tell me I'm wrong. I'm going to ask you this question. The guys you serve with, they know you better than your family, do they oh, not? Yeah. yeah, 100%. And, and that does not change. And that is why I am still tight, tighter with these guys than I am with anybody on a planet. And those relationships last. And I'll tell you, um, it doesn't matter what age group. I mean, I, I've had the, the pleasure and blessing. There was one time I was, um, <laughs> I was in a uh, restaurant and there was a guy with a World War II Marine Corps hat on. And uh, he started shooting the shit. He was at UO. He ended up being at UO. He's probably dead now, of course. But um, we started shooting the shit. I introduced myself. And I was like, look, man, you know, I joined because of guys like you. And he's like, man, if you know how fucked up I was, you wouldn't have joined. But we just started laughing and shooting the shit. A World War II pipe hit and grunt talking to me. But we all speak the same language. And that connection is amazing. And when you have the connections with those, that's something that the Marine Corps has that um, no one else has, man. I'm telling you right now. And I've had some amazing connections with some amazing vets from you name it. And um, that's what binds us together. And you guys from 3-6. Um, you know, man, Bella Wood, I, I know the history of Bella Wood inside and out. And, and that, that is uh, a huge part of our culture and history and it connects us and binds us all together. You know, that's why we're twofold hunt. That's why we're double dogs and, um, sounds very oorah, but I'm telling you right now that those are the ties that bind. Those are the ties that bind and connect us all together. And the further you get from your EAS, the more you'll say shit. You know what? That stuff really is important and it really made a difference in who I am. Yeah, yeah I remember um I'm pretty sure I've told probably both of these before, so I'm I'll keep it quick. But I remember when I was in my English class, I went up to my teacher with, you know, my rough draft for my first essay and I was like this was after class and um I was like, Yeah, I haven't done this shit in like four years. Uh would you mind, you know, going over my, my thing? Um and he was like, Oh, uh did you just take a super long gap year i was like no I, I was you know i was in the military and he was like oh shit what branch dude i was in the army and i was like bro i, I literally it was like that in, just instant relief like connecting with someone and then i'm literally just sitting there just asking him all these questions and he was like he was like dude don't even worry like when i was fucking coming out i was 26 so i was even like older than you are right now going back into college and and you know then he's just giving me advice on like uh, where i can go and get help with math and shit like that and then another time i was you know um going to some of these parties and shit and uh these girls are texting me and my buddy to come over to a party so we go and um you know i walk in i'm starting to talk with uh this dude and he's uh He's like, oh, uh, what's your major? And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing cybersecurity. And he's like, oh shit, I did that in the Marine Corps, dude. We literally like forgot, uh, like me and my buddy, we forgot about like these girls because we were just sitting there shooting the shit with this dude and like fucking laughing about like uh, shit that we noticed was different from the, the Marine Corps compared to like college. And like, it's just it's fucking crazy that that connection, just like how much of a big relief it can be just being around someone that understands you, like especially when you first get out. A hundred percent. And I can just tell you that um, as you get older, you realize it, the intense love you have for those you serve with, um, you still love these guys. And the best part of it is like, we're geographically separated. I probably live 
There's only one other guy in Massachusetts. Everyone else in New York, New Jersey, Tennessee, Kentucky. Um, but when I see these cats, like, you know, my, 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 especially I got guys I'm really close with in New Jersey. It's like I talk to them all the time. When we see each other, it's like you, you, you pause the movie, and then once you get back together, the movie, just press play. You just take take off where you left off, and there's no discomfort. There's no nothing unusual because, um, once again, they know you like nobody else knows you, and that level of comfort helps your transition, man. Um, you're not alone, and, you know, yep, you cannot uh, go down the bricks, knock on someone's door and say, hey, man, let's go into town and grab a beer. Let's grab some meat. No, you can't do that, but you can um, stay connected via phone, via Skype, via Zoom, via FaceTime, whatever you want to do. Um, and that's important because at least you can laugh and communicate and stay connected. And then when you do get the opportunity, even if it's once a year, I can't even tell you. So that Marine Corps birthday in Philly, that's drawn guys from all parts of the country. They don't, may not go every year, but every other year I'm seeing guys from you know every every part of the United States who has moved on, and it's spread like wildfire. And it gives you the opportunity to stay connected and we see each other's face. And that's it's important, man. You know, and whether it's a text thread and you're all joking, um, stay connected. I know a lot of guys when they get out, um, they don't get that connection going right off the bat. You need to. You need to. It's important. It's important for your mental health and the mental health and the happiness of all the guys that you serve with. Because that one series of laughs or jokes or ball busting that you guys do, and the ball busting doesn't change, it stays for. Th- but guy, I've World War II guys are probably busting each other's balls just like the rest of us. Um, but that's part of our culture. You need that, and you feel great afterwards. You know, tell me you don't, man. It, f- it feels amazing. Right? No, you're 100 percent right. And and today, in today's day and age with the technology we have, there's literally no excuse to like not be checking up on your boys and not be fucking. You know, just blowing off that steam and shooting the shit and laughing. Because I'm sure for, like, you guys back in the 90s when you guys got out, like, fucking, there was, like, long distance and collect, you know, like, making a phone call was fucking pricey to fucking just, you know, keep up with the boys. Well, it was pricey, and then numbers changed. Guys move. You have no idea where they move. Um, you know, so with between social media and everything else, you can stay connected to people's lives. And, and you know, in all honesty, one of my, one of my fucking best, you know, best friends, best brothers that I served with. He was a 31, and uh, he was deathly ill. I had no fucking idea that he was deathly ill. Um, and, you know, and then later on, I, he got, you know, spinal meningitis. He almost died. And um, But I had no idea. And then, um, you know, Facebook comes around. You, you can stay connected and see. And then if someone's not doing well, God damn it. You know, that's one of the biggest things we do. We, you know, we do work with veterans and TBI and PTS and, all that too, and stay guys connected. But if you can sense mental health issues, and I'm, you know, once again, and I don't mean to go down this and, and make it sound um, very cliche, but that 22 kill, uh, that uh, 22 veterans a day, so three six, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had a high suicide rate of guys while you were in. And so when you get out, um, it's no different, man. Um, a guy we serve with, I'm going to, you know, remain nameless, but he, he was with us. He was an 81. And family, uh, had a good career. He was in law enforcement, um, stayed in, 
went to Iraq and Afghanistan, had a lot of demons, a lot of issues. Um, got disconnected and ended up going in his backyard and killing himself with a service weapon. Um, and regrettably, like, we wish we could have done something. We wish we could have known. You can't take that back. You've got to pay attention. You've got to check in. And if something isn't right, don't just accept. Um, these people know, you know each other better than anybody else. And if something's not right, you got to say something, you got to talk. And, and, and the biggest problem with guys of our ilk, you know, grunts, we're all hard, whatever. Yeah. You got to accept there's something wrong with you and you need help. And, and you, and, and you know what, sometimes it takes a five minute phone call or you can see what people are posting to social media. And if the messaging's not right, please step in, insert yourself, get involved. If someone's going down a spiral and making bad decisions, bad, unhealthy decisions, um, man, you got to help them out. And, and it could be a phone call. It could be checking in with their family. It could be time, you know, a few minutes on a phone could make a light, a difference in someone's life and, and prevent them from um, taking their own. So I, I can't say that enough because that is a persistent problem. And uh, through our experiences and, and, and through the experiences of um, the community from the guys from 3.8 VFR that I was a part of, um, on their mentoring, on their board for mentoring. Um, you know, precipitating factors that have guys commit suicide. Women, bad relationships, bad finances, feeling uh, pointless, uh, some major life issue that doesn't work out, um, and then substance and uh, alcohol abuse. Um, and put those together with one. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, you're not alone. None of us are alone, and that's the important thing is to take care of one another. Um, no woman on this planet or no significant other is worth ending your life over. Um, it's just not. Um, when I first got into, you know, it's just been, and let me just say this, it's been endemic forever. I went to school of infantry with a kid. Um, he was an 81. He was in oh, 0341, but he was an 81. And, um, we went to SOI. He kept saying, man, this is my his high school girlfriend. I don't know what I'd do without her. I don't know what to do without her. I don't know what to do. He loved this girl. Um, we had a bunch of guys kill themselves. But um, he, killed, he went home on leave for Christmas. She dumped him. And uh, he went into his father's uh, office and fucking took his father's revolver and blew his fucking brains out. So that was the first time it became apparent to me that there was a problem because Marine Corps life is difficult. It gets a little lonely. Sometimes you're not alone. And then on the outside, you're not alone either. Um, but no one, no woman, no set us. You can defeat any situation, whether it's finances, a divorce, any of these things. And trust me, and I hate to say this, right? So I've been divorced twice. I'm a two time loser and life sucks sometimes. And you just got to bite the bullet. Um, but you keep on, you keep on rocking on, you keep on marching. And, and sometimes just like when you're on a hump and someone falls behind and you got to grab him by the pack and help him up and you got to help him move because um, sometimes life is a series of obstacles and it'll knock you the fuck down and you got to help your brother on the way up because sometimes they need that. So if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All that's great. We, we really got to fucking, checking on each other like if it's such a big thing man and whenever i'm messaging people as soon as i get that feeling that you know something's off about them i'll have them on a facetime call so fucking fast dude i literally like like i don't care to talk to people like half the time i'm sitting at my desk just like 
doing shit so i don't even mind to fucking just sit there and just you know have them on the phone and just shoot the shit and fuck around um and plus it's just cool like it's just a distraction for a little bit and you just feel refreshed afterwards you're like all right i can go on with the rest of my day now you know and it's it's so important like dude if you if you reach out to me or anybody like i will always sit um reply dude like always 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 100 percent, and you know what not for nothing and it sounds like a fucking advertisement but the va suicide hotline um look man you got bad thoughts call that number i don't have it offhand right now i don't i got my my phone is blocked off because we're on this call um and i've posted about that on the marine mentoring network because it's a fucking problem man. sometimes you just need to talk to let me just say this there's nothing that you are going through in life that someone else hasn't gone through and there's not nothing you've gone through in life that another Marine has not gone through. And whatever pain or obstacles, someone can help you figure that shit out. Um, so I can just, you know, not to beat a dead horse on that, but um, you're not alone. Even though things seem insurmountable, they're not. There's no, there's nothing that you cannot do and move on with. Um, and then that that's important, you know. But um, yeah, absolutely, you know, man. Yeah, absolutely. My, yeah, for me, like, I always say, like, you know, when you're growing up and shit, like, everything's kind of, you know, just playing out, you know, it's, it's, it's not difficult. And then you get in the Marine Corps and you start to actually, like, experience some, like, real difficulties in life. And, you know, sometimes, like, during or even, like, after, it's when you hit, like, absolute rock bottom. Like, everybody hits it. And, um, you know, for me, like, I really kind of feel, like, really strong about this. When you hit rock bottom, that's kind of, like, really the beginning of your story, like, as a person. Because when I hit rock bottom, that's how this fucking, that's how this page started. And, you know, that's how I started as, um, as a person. That's how I kind of matured and started to, uh, really just grow. Um, because it's just, there was so much, um, I guess, opportunity with the future. Um... Yeah, like, like you really, you like when you hit like absolute rock bottom, like it can't get worse. So for one, like you know, the worst of it's already over, and two, like you have the rest of the future. You got so much. It's so crazy how young we are and how how long life really is, and how much like four years really is like nothing compared to like the rest of your life. But like these four years will fucking um these four years like the foundation for like who you are as a person and just kind of like where you go with the rest of your life it's it's crazy yeah it is you know and look man i'm not saying and and i'm not a look the marine corps gives you a lot of tools and does your time in the marine corps suck at times oh absolutely i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna be the 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 one to tell you that there's not miserable times, but miserable times, hard times make hard men. Whether you believe that or not, it really does. So you you go through a lot of shit. You go through a lot of shit with your boys. There are times that you're like, holy shit, this really sucks. Um, I can't believe this. I volunteered for this. But you know what? It makes you a harder person um, and forges you. Now, sometimes you don't believe that, but it really does. And, and it sets you up to... Um, deal with a lot of shit in life that other people are not equipped to deal with. Um, you know, and once again, when you're first out the gate out of your service, you don't see it. 
later on, you absolutely do see it. Once you can, once you see what your peer groups who are civilians who have not served are doing, and how they deal with stuff, you're like, wow, all right, yeah, I got that. This really isn't so bad. I can handle this. Um, and once again, as, as the mentoring network that we have, we have the those people who can help you with that, who can talk you through stuff, um, no matter what it is. So no question is too great, um, and we're, we're there to help. And everyone's doing it because we feel interconnected. We do it because there's, there's not – and I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest way to help your, 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 your Marine Corps family or other veterans is just time. You know, um, people, you can throw money at any charity you want, and you don't even know that the money's going to get where it's got to go. Though I will say O3XX does some amazing work with our community. Um, the O3XX Foundation, I, I really believe in what they do. Um, but time, it's giving another guy time and paying it forward. And if you succeed in something, it's helping someone else succeed. And that, touching another person's life and helping them move on. And, and that positivity, um, the reward is, hey, man, I just helped out one of my brothers. And I could, you know, um, and yeah, sometimes that. And sometimes that could be, you know, and just even there, guys, you're still in, and it has nothing to do with transition. Say you're still in, you got a question about the Marine Corps, you got a question about something in the Marine Corps. Say you want to stay in, or you're looking at a different MOS, or you're looking at something. Shoot us, shoot us, shoot us a line, man. We got a lot of guys who are still on active duty, who are uh, senior staff NCOs and senior officers, um, who can help answer questions, or retired Marines. So. Um, who can help you figure shit out. So if you're in and you say, hey, man, um, I love the Marine Corps. I like what's going on. I want to be a bomb tech. Yeah, I can connect you with about a dozen of those guys who can tell you yes, no, what positives, negatives, what's up. Oh, you know, I was tampering with the idea of going MARSOC. Yeah, I know a bunch of those guys. Like we, we can make, we can talk, have you pe talk to people anywhere and everywhere who can help you figure it out. Um, if there's dream jobs that you're interested in, um, and I know, you know, different, uh, companies that just hire veterans, you know, and, and what you want to do. Um, you know, even let's just say, and I'll just tell you this. So this is an example. Um, let's just say you are going to college, you want to go to college, but you want to, you're going to get the VA stipend, but you still want to work a full-time job. Well, through us, we can find the resource. Let's just say there's jobs, um, Federal buildings have guards. They call them protective security ops. They're contract guards who are armed, who make really good money to work in a federal building and provide security. So we have assets and resources and connections um, through contracting officers with the federal government who run those contracts, who can help you get hired, work, make a really good salary while you're going to school or not. And, you know, just an example, and I've helped guys get that job, and they're like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, okay, on top of the money I'm making and going to school. So it's, it's all about connections and work. I know I'm beating a dead horse. Just <laughs> right. Yeah, man. And um, so, yeah, at Marine Mentoring Network, great page yeah, to follow, fine. great page to, uh, to fucking begin planning for when you get out. Yeah, you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook, Marine Mentoring Network, uh, either way, and uh, we can make stuff happen for you. Yeah. And that's, that's the important thing. And I got to tell you, look, man, 
I appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, and it's good to me uh, to see guys who are taking the mantle up and realize, uh, I got to take care of my brothers. I got to make uh, positive changes in their life. For those tuning into this podcast, this is great stuff. It's good stuff. Um, you know, it, it, I'm really happy with what you're doing. And, you, you know, you get it and you understand that, you know, there's something bigger than yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I, I you know. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I think it's really cool, like, uh, how much this can really help deeds out um, that are uh, getting ready to uh, to get out and just, you know, prepare so that they aren't ending up fucking, you know, struggle bussing. Um, but I want to thank you so much, man, for coming on to the show. We're at about our time, and um, I really, really appreciate everything you've shared with us. This is, like, incredible, incredible insight. Um hopefully a lot of dudes follow your page and you know are reaching out to you start getting those uh connections and um really start preparing man yep it's all about that it's never too late um you know once again no question is stupid um and uh we're here to answer questions and connect you with people who uh have succeeded got out of the marine corps or are still in the marine corps have succeeded and done a million different things and uh, we're here for you. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and the appreciate uh, the ability to get our message out. So thank you very much. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on to the show. Um, yeah, this was great. And uh, to everybody, have a have a great night yourself, man. And for uh, everybody else, have a have a good one.